0: Christmas season. It is upon us.
1: How's your holiday season, Mom?
0: So far, it's all right. It's almost over. I know. Ten days, nine days, something like that before the actual Christmas. And we've been uh, a little bit behind, but it just keeps reminding me of what you said a couple podcasts ago, that everything rests in the winter. Everything rests, and we don't need to put a whole bunch of pressure on ourselves, so... Yeah, this already is a difficult enough subject to talk about. Yeah, it's kind of difficult, you know, to, to pump yourself up to want to come in and talk about it. But. Right. Um. Hi, welcome back.
1: Welcome to Surviving on Wine and Cuss Words. I'm Emily. I'm Charlotte. Uh, before we get started, just a quick trigger warning for discussions of sexual assault, sexual abuse, childhood abuse, um etc so yeah like mom was saying we didn't put out an episode last week because we didn't want to
0: (laughs) well it was going to be really really hard to the way our schedules don't match up with you on midnights and me on swing shifts it's just really hard sometimes to find the time and then you're crazy busy with Christmas and parties and trying to get other stuff going and you know we're carrying on i know we're carrying on we're not quitting yeah but like i said it's it's a difficult it's a difficult subject to just dive into the week before christmas and it
1: may be something that we go to in every other week's schedule or to be just, more realistic with our schedule so this mm-hmm. so it could be more long-term give us more time to um, plan, plan, plan episodes prepare. yeah exactly
0: So that's okay. That's all right. You know, the people demand what the people demand. And if we get influx of emails saying, we want you every week, then by God, we're going to figure out a way to do it every week. Well, you
1: know, famously, people are knocking down our doors to listen to this podcast.
0: but We have enough people listening that somebody out there is getting something from it, which is why you had gone and you had referenced your books. The courage to heal. Yeah, so we have a great episode for you today. Um, This episode's
1: all about kind of the perspective of the non-offending
0: parent. Or friends, or family. It's the book that I'm referencing, How Long Does It Hurt? says a guide to recovering from incest and sexual abuse for teenagers, their friends, and their families. Yeah. So it's geared towards a younger population and Mm -hmm. friends and family, people who can support them. It's a, it's a good book. However, it's funny. I don't know that I even noticed this, um, the first time I read it when everything was going on, because there were a lot of other factors at play and, and me reading the book was probably not my first order of business, but you've got the, the title, how long does it hurt in big, bold letters on the front cover? And you flip in the first page. Oh, well, forget <laughs> my Sudokus because <laughs> forever. I don't know if that's intended to be like, yeah, yeah it's going to hurt forever. Jeez. You know, it's, it's almost like you, you get it and you open it. Oh, crap. And then yes. you do I think I put this book down for a while. Well, that's do I read it for a long so time. So who's the author?
1: Just Cynthia so shout out.
0: Mather, or Mather. Okay. Um, and she, I can tell you in here, she experienced it. And that's why she wrote this book. Forever. I think it was her father. Um, it's in the foreword. Well, you know, if you set expectations
1: really low. Why? Well, I mean, how long does it hurt? Forever. forever. There's well, nothing longer than forever. Right. There's and nothing I, longer than it's, that.
0: It's almost like is the is the realism hitting you in the face. Yeah, this is going <laughs>
1: to Yeah. No. Congratulations. No. Here's your trauma. It is with you. I put that on there.
0: No, you didn't. I'm just realizing that. <gasps> why did I scratch do that? that? Uh No, I mean, it's okay. But why did I do that? I must have really felt like
1: Yeah. It's going to hurt. Wow, mom, yeah, mom, mom's, a, mom's a crafter, <laughs> and so she's very crafty. Damn, you did put that on there.
0: I don't, it just, I don't remember putting that on there. Man, I mean, there were some weird feelings going wow. on when this That's was going weird. on. Huh. I, I don't, I, I guess don't, you were feeling that kind of way. That it was, that there was, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, that's a lesson, too. During I thought this, that was kind of dark to start you know, with. I know. I did, too, when I was looking at it. Like, why is that there? Because the, that just makes you not want to turn the page. But that was me. That was all me. That's really weird. You know, you, you block things out. Yeah. And, I, you know, when I got this book, maybe I was just so mad at life that I didn't... Yeah, you just put it in there. You made the
1: text look like it matched.
0: Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, from the cover being very crafty and dark all at the same time and this book i mean i won't say this book wouldn't be great for you or someone who is experiencing um any kind of childhood abuse sexual abuse domestic abuse because some of the kids that are referenced in here it's a, a a coach who is the perpetrator Mm -hmm. or a sibling or a grandparent or an uncle or a family friend or a babysitter. It's not necessarily a parent, but it gives at very least, it gives you a reference, no matter who you are, the, the discloser, the, the victim Mm -hmm. or a friend, it gives you reference to what to expect. What you might be able to expect. And I'm sure it helped me the first time. But the second time reading through it, it's like, yeah, that was there. That, that was happened. there, that was that there, happened. that was there. So it's very, um, like, noteworthy to say reading it the first time when you're in a place that's so dark that you put the word forever on the first page. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not have seemed like it helped but then when you move past when I you know get into a state where everything's kind of normal and and status quo on the outside and you read it again you realize it did help you realize it did give you insight um particularly reactions you know there there's a whole section in here about what to do if your friend tells you Mm -hmm. what to do or how to act or the things that you do and there's some some really good um stories about the way the different way parents reacted um this this little girl um you know talking about telling her mom there are quotes in here from victims from survivors who went back to tell their stories and and contribute to this book and um There's one part in here that's talking about how a mother reacted in particular. And it said, other mothers come through for their kids in a big way. This is what uh, Mary Ellen's mom had to say when Mary Ellen told her what had happened. And what had happened, um, well, I'll get to that. She said, I walked in from work and my husband was asleep on the sofa drunk. Mary Ellen was crying hysterically. She said, dad raped me. I immediately took her to the emergency room. I believed her right away. I wanted to kill that son of a bitch. And it said, these moms believe their children, make reports, get them to a safe place, find a therapist for them, and try to help them move on with their lives. However, it's a rare mother who can do all this while holding herself and the rest of the family together. But give your mom a chance. She may surprise you with how much she can do. And... I agree. I mean that was more in the lines oh. of the of the way that that I reacted. There wasn't any question. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, you know, it was yeah, you know. Let's let's do this. We're going to we're going to be together and I believe you and I have no questions for you and you know, there are others in here that tell stories of um parents not only not believing them which is one thing but mm-hmm. stories of parents who believed them but said Still didn't we're anything. not going to do anything yeah. I don't you know I don't know which would be a bigger punch I don't punch care. in the gut yeah but there's also places in here like it said when it tells you to give them a chance that um because they could change you never know something that's as shocking as the news, you never know how someone's going to react. And initially, their reaction could be standoffish because I was, uh, you know, ashamed of myself. I was embarrassed mm-hmm. that, that this is a person that I When I, I disclosed to you. Yeah, of okay. course, all those feelings are rolling around in my head. And, you know, you could come off uh, mad, angry them. or mad at first, but... You know, when, when you move through it and when you process through it, if your goal is to help your friend, your family member, whatever, who has told you what was going on, then you're going to move past those initial feelings. So don't be guilty about those initial feelings because you're questioning yourself and your own judgment. Right. Um, you know, I have a part in here, um, it says, if the abuser is someone in your family, let's say your father, then your mom may be saying things like, just tell the police you made a mistake and I'll make sure he never touches you again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I kind of Keep feel it that. it in the family. Well, I kind of I understand that because it's like, in, in some ways she wants to make up for not protecting you in the first place. Are you sure it's
1: not she just doesn't want Oh yeah, this one, yes. I understand that That's most of the time what
0: it is. And, but she says just tell the police you made a mistake and I'll make sure he never touches you again. Otherwise they're going to put him in jail and he won't be able to work and we won't have any money and we'll lose the house and end up on the streets. Your sister may be begging you to say you were lying because what will all of her friends think when they hear about it? Or asking why do you always have to cause trouble? And your grandparents may be trying to save your soul because it's clear to them that you're possessed by the devil. After all, their son would never do that sort of thing. These are just some of the reactions that... Yeah. mm -hmm. And it says, that stinks. You weren't the one who caused the problem. And yet, all of a sudden, everyone in the family is pointing a finger at you and accusing you, maybe even calling you names like troublemaker or liar or whore. Unfortunately, this is often how family members deal with revelations of abuse. Mm -hmm. They have trouble believing it happened and have trouble controlling their emotions. So, you know, it it, it goes through a big, wide range of responses and how you can get out of them. How you can ask yourself questions that direct you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. You know, simple things. Right,
1: because... At the end of the day, even if, you know, we were very fortunate that my abuser was not, like, a financial supporter of ours. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, yeah, if you're in that position, even if it's super inconvenient, like, Mm -hmm. the abuse, you wouldn't want them living with that. No. You want them to feel safe. There's something so valuable in Mm -hmm. safety, especially at home. Right.
0: That is worth. That's your comfort. And yeah. once, you've, once you've killed your child's comfort and safety zone, then they're in a free fall. You know? Yeah. If they have nowhere to feel safe and comfortable, you know, there's places in here talking about when you tell you might wind up in foster care. And yeah. that's scary. Yeah. You know, that's when you just want somebody to believe you and help you. hmm You know, it says. You just want to make it stop. Yes. That's not even what you want. You don't even care. You're just like... Just stop. Just want it to stop. Mm-hmm. And and it's not going to stop when somebody says, I'll take care of it. I'll never let him do it again. Because so many stories in this book of kids saying, yep. And then she went out with the girls and I just knew this is what yeah. was going to happen. And yeah, of course. Because you can't be with them 24-7. Mm-hmm. You can't...
1: It. It's about power.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. And you've got... Three things. It only says three things to say when a friend tells you.
1: Okay. So a friend reports abuse. This might...
0: Only three things. Okay. I believe you. It wasn't your fault and you're not alone. But there's a whole list of things not to say, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Why did he do that? Why didn't you just say no? Why didn't you stop it? Why did you let him? Just forget it and move on. I know how you feel. I feel sorry for you. He is really scum for doing that to you. Maybe you misunderstood what happened. Questioning, asking questions, anything like that. There's so many things not to say. Mm -hmm. You know, it it just, it's a, unfortunately, it's a book that most people are not going to purchase unless they're in that situation. But it's a book that's of huge help In case you ever are in that situation,
1: you know? So three things that you are supposed to say.
0: I believe you. Okay. It's not your fault and you're not alone. Yeah. That's it. And you're not alone. Gotcha. That's it. Because most of the time when kids disclose in here, um, it is simply like you said, to make it stop. Mm -hmm. They don't have any indication of what to do next. Yeah. It is, I've told someone, now that someone is going to do whatever to make it stop, whether it's call the police, whether it's go to the advocacy center, whether it's whatever, they trust, they've trusted that person enough that they think they're going to be the ones that are going to make it stop. Right. Uh,
1: Going back to kind of the things not to say, Mm -hmm. I could make it, you know... As an abuse victim, um, those things, when they were said to me, Mm -hmm. plant such a deep seed in my head Mm -hmm. that takes so long to scrub. Like, you literally, in my head, you're like, you know, we talked about the defense attorney. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the kinds of things the defense attorney kind of said during... um, Mm cross-examination why didn't you stop it exactly and those seeds they just sit in your head Mm -hmm. and
0: they're not seeds they're weeds yeah because they grow quick and they take hold and and they kill and
1: then they're hard to get rid of Mm -hmm. and they just sit there and you're like well i didn't physically kick and bite him you know or uh why didn't i tell somebody sooner is right. it is it my fault? You know those things start to plant seeds. So when somebody who loves says that to you, mm-hmm. was it really rape? Right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That mm-hmm. one was it like really rape? Right? Mm-hmm. You know
0: that. Yes, uh, it you makes you question yourself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue. this uh, your remo- your mom's response. It kind of puts me in that mind because what she says. Is, it guides you in the way you feel and the way yeah. you react. It says how your mom sees the abuse. And this is an, an a story under the assumption that a dad or stepfather has made the abuse. Right? How your mom sees the abuse and what she does and says to you after you tell can have a huge bearing on how you see the abuse and how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. The thing to keep in mind is that every victim deserves three things from his or her mother or the non-offending parent to be believed, to be supported, and to be protected. And for those of you who have a mom who has done these things and who has been there 100% for you, consider yourself lucky. There are some moms who believe every word and are there from moment one to take whatever actions are necessary to provide support and safety for you. These moms are shocked and appalled yeah. at what the abuser has done, and get this, actually believe that the abuser is the one responsible for the abuse. Right. They also know that things are not going to be worked out in a month or even one year. Their words and especially their actions show you that you are their number one priority. Yeah. If you have a mom like this dealing with telling the police, the social workers, the counselors, and so on can be so much easier. Unfortunately, most mothers don't act like this. Mm Mm-hmm at least not at first. Some mothers believe what their child is saying, but haven't got a clue about how to support or protect her. Some mothers may say that the, say the child is lying, but then come around and start standing up for him and taking care of him. Some mothers simply don't believe, don't support, and don't protect. Regardless of where your mom may be, this next section will, I hope, give you some understanding as to why your mother is acting the way she is. But pay attention. Now, this is important. This doesn't excuse or justify the way your mom is acting. My only goal here is to get you to understand that your mom's response is about her and not about you. I know that when she's saying things to you or acting a certain way toward you, it sure feels as though her response is all about you, but trust me, it's not. You know, that, and then it goes into several sections about why didn't she throw him out, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and giving reasons for why that didn't happen. This person quoted 14... Uh, and 12, Abused by Mom's Boyfriend, these are sisters, says it's like she doesn't care. She doesn't love us. She chose her boyfriend over her own kids. What kind of mother does that? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's out there. That's out there. But this book, it, it, even if, you know, you've got a shitty reaction from a non-offending parent and right. you've been brave enough to tell something like this book, can help you understand that it's still not you. Those still those three reactions ring true no matter what. It's not your fault. Period. Right. You know, the way she's acting is not your fault. And it does help. It may not feel like it helps right when you're reading it and right when you're in the throes of everything. But when you look back, you, you understand that it did help. Right. And, you know, if I could put this in the hands of every young person at least the parts about you know bless you (laughs) at least the parts about what to say and what not to say because it's a big shock and a lot of kids are going to tell kids first yeah there were stories in here about how one girl told her friend and her friend went straight to the principal you know like next period or whatever and then the principal called the little girl in there, and she got mad at her friend because she mm-hmm. swore her friend to secrecy. But, you know, working through it, her friend stopped it. Yeah. You know, she did the right thing. She did the right thing. And there are, you know, so many encouraging stories in there. And, and if I could put at least those parts in the hand of every, I don't know, sixth grader, mm-hmm. fifth grader, somebody who needs to understand that it's not right, that that someone needs to help, that someone needs to protect, that someone needs to care and and just do those three things. Believe it's not your fault. You yeah. Know, and stay away from the don't do's. And that's what we try to do around here. Right. We don't ask questions. We still don't ask questions. Just I don't because it's, it's not for me to know if it was for me. And that's one thing it says in here that you don't ask questions. There's a, a list of things, uh a even shorter list of things that it, it suggested not doing, and that was in there. Um, let's see. Be sure to keep your anger under control. You won't be any help to your friend if you're in jail because you did something violent. You also won't be any help to your friend if she thinks she has to protect you from her emotions yeah you know you said that when you talked about your your teacher Mm -hmm. you're like you know here i'm the one trying to just open up to you to let you know what's going on so that you can my my emotions may be explained and now i'm comforting you yeah you know it's it's crazy use good sense and good judgment when you're looking for someone to talk to, be sure to pick someone who is trustworthy and discreet. You know, it. there's a lot of good stuff in here. What? You made a report? I mean, there's, you know, what to expect and what to do. It's almost like it reminds me of the what to expect when you're expecting yeah. pregnancy books. But on a completely different subject matter and right. Complete, completely different level. You know, we want to continue to encourage people to write, to listen, to call. Um, As I said at the beginning, it's a a hard subject to to dive into every week. So we kind of want to just touch on a few things and then maybe throw some funny stories in there every now and then Mm -hmm. and some current situations. See, we've gotten the story out. We've gotten the story out now. So it's just a matter of mixing in a few things and then just being happy and telling stories of life because we survived. We did you do survived. it. You yeah, survived. We, we did, did do it. And that's on. more this than anything. It's like you see or hear these two women talking about the situation, and they're happy, and they're healthy, and they're moving on with their life. Maybe there's somebody I can talk to. Maybe there's somebody I can tell to. Yes, you can. You can't. I mean, I'm going to laugh because Emily is a nurse. And when we sat down here, before we started recording, she said, I was charged nurse last night and we lost a patient. (sighs) And I said, you lost a patient? I'm so sorry. She said, no, he didn't die. We just lost him. Like We just physically lost (laughs) him. We went in there to get his vitals and and he was not in there. (laughs) You know, we, we have funny stories. We have memories that that we can look back on and we can share and we can get on here and laugh and and tell you all sorts of of funny things and good things that happen in our life. And that's because we did get through to the Mm -hmm. other end, to the light, to the light. I mean, for instance, tonight we're going ghost hunting. We're going to go to our friend's house and we're going to do some ghost hunting activities and visit with friends because that's what you do. That's what you do. That's how you kind of live life and move on. Yeah. it's And that's what we do. And that's what we're here to encourage that, yeah, I mean, we're here to support. We're here to offer uh, resources. We're here to answer your questions about anything. And we're also here to show you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So... Going back to this
1: first question, how long does it hurt?
0: Well, it's not you... hurting now,
1: so it's not forever. It's
0: not forever. At it's the not time forever. that I stickered up it my was... book, I didn't think that I mean, it was
1: ever going to end. So there's a, you know, yeah. at least a success story that you're not like stuck in the thick of it,
0: right, all the time. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I I've said it. You know, I there were you know nights... I am you know very
1: blessed to have a mom that jumped right in and helped because if i had met any resistance i could see how it's super easy to cave in and say never never to just
0: fall back no yeah i mean i'm glad i pushed you a little bit there were times when
1: i I, was like never mind (laughs) i
0: wanted to say well maybe i'm pushing too hard maybe this is her this is her choice it's not my choice it's your choice yeah you know and i have to support you and then you balance you you walk that thin line between i'm supposed to be the mother i'm supposed to be the caretaker and the guider and she is still a child at least in these times you know so i'm supposed to take the reins but then you you kind of think no part of her healing is understanding that she has control over her body, control over what she does. And I can't take that away from her after she's just gotten it back by telling. Yeah. You know, there's a fine line. It really is. Do you, you know? re-
1: do you feel like you remember any specific moment that you were pushing me
0: to go that that I thought that might have been too much? Yeah. Um, Not in the beginning. In the beginning, it's like we were team let's go kick some fucking ass mm-hmm. in the very beginning and then it, it kind of started we both it just you know when you went to school and it just started getting really monotonous and, and mm-hmm. it felt like the world was against us there were times i mean i think i almost had to talk you into it i think the night uh, the da called with the nine years maybe mm-hmm. 12 years maybe 12 years and I said, "Let me take it to her." I, I don't think I ever encouraged you one way or another, but I think I had my fingers crossed that you were that you were done, that we could get this done, and just
1: take it. Maybe, yeah. maybe
0: this and and you, without a whole bunch of prompting, did. And I was like, "Okay, good." But then he didn't take it, so we still had to yeah. go through with it. So, you know, were there times that uh, you know any of your friends reacted in the don't? Column, I mean, not necessarily the teachers you told us about that, but um, friends in that column,
1: yeah. So, I went um to a STEM school for high school, so most of my classmates in high school were male, Mm -hmm. um, so I had a big
0: I know a lot of your friends, direct friends, who are not just your classmates, but your friends. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. I had a big group of male friends who, you know, were cringy high school boys. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I told them, and they kind of were like... It was kind of just like a running joke.
0: Yeah, because he was always there. Yeah, it was just just a running
1: joke. Yeah. And you know, it was like, ah, oh, Emily gets molested at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not funny, but it was kind of funny. I
0: can't imagine. <sighs> I can't imagine having to live through that. Um, You know, we had another friend whose house
1: burnt down. And it was like, oh, your house burnt down. <laughs> so,
0: hey, kids are
1: cruel. Sorry. That's kids terrible. Kids are cruel. I should have never done that. But it, that, that was kind of our coping mechanism is that we just all made fun of each other for,
0: for whatever. For our stuff. Well, that's why we all need therapy.
1: Yeah. And, and now, you know, I still talk to that, you know, those people and we come at it with a little more nuance nowadays. Nowadays <laughs> it's like, damn, you like lost your house and everything mm-hmm. in it. And now you're just dealing with feeling insecure and in your physical belongings. And, you know, he doesn't like to leave home very much. And like, yeah. I'm sure it's all tied to that. You know, so much of that just deeply, deeply affects us. Even when we don't think it does, but you have to, you know.
0: Mm hmm. Yes, I know. And, and there were, there are times that you just have to let yourself understand you're not perfect either, that you may say the wrong things in this situation, but you can recover from it because in the end, All they want is for it to stop. You know, one of my best books, I read two books during this journey. And the one that really affected me the most was um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Mm. Because when you take on too much, nothing has meaning. So, you know, there were times in this that I was... Taking on so much just trying to keep everything normal well nothing was normal right you know and and my struggle to try to keep everything like nothing was happening and yeah. then still dealing with it was a mistake it was a mistake it, it it ran me thin and it had you thinking you weren't priority or your brother thinking he wasn't a priority because I was just running around because I thought the best thing to do was just keep everything as it was. And then the, then we've got this little thing on the side that we've got to deal with. But yeah. that's not the case. The case is, it's your life. Mm-hmm. It's in your face. And if you don't deal with it, if you don't accept it, it you just never get better. Mm-hmm. So my dad gave me the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And, then and that that, that is of sudden, kind of
1: more geared towards... Putting your energy to what's important. Right.
0: And you were trying to put importance on everything, which makes nothing important.
1: Can you kind of talk about some of the things that you realized during our experience weren't as important to focus on and Um, care about?
0: Whether or not your room was clean. Yeah. Whether or not um, you came out of your room to eat dinner. Mm -hmm. uh, Whether or not you came home For dinner, I knew you were going to be home, but why are you not coming home for dinner? And I get upset about that, like Mm -hmm. a normal parent, normal, I keep using the word normal, like a parent who isn't going through this, you know, no, I want you home for dinner. Well, you just pick and choose your battles, you know, because in the grand scheme of things, whether you come out for dinner or stay in your room because you're in a bad place at that moment. But then I was so hyper fixated on making you feel better that i wanted in here i didn't want you alone mm-hmm. you know there might have been times that you needed to be alone but i didn't want you alone and then that drove us to butt heads and you know it in st- in standing back understanding it's okay to let you be alone it's okay to let you text on the phone it's okay that that these people that the kitchen's not clean tonight because you wanted to sit and watch a movie. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be alone tonight, mom. Can we sit and watch a movie? Well, let's sit and watch a movie. It's okay. That I didn't need to. There were so many times that I would say, well, let me, let me get this kitchen cleaned up and I'll be right there. Get the kitchen cleaned up an hour and a half later, come in. You've already moved on to something else and I'm too tired to watch a movie, you know? So you, you put the priorities on what they need to be on at the time. So I learned through that process because my priority was just in the beginning, how can I, it's my duty to make this family feel normal. We got this big explosion that just happened. I have to make this family feel normal and it just never worked. And then it just led to, to so much discourse More pressure. and pressure yeah. on each other. You know, if I knocked on your door, I'm sure you rolled your eyes like, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And all I wanted was I you don't know, want her to be alone. Because you know? before
1: I told you about that, it's not like you were, you were giving me my space before. And now I've told you about this. And that doesn't make me a different person who wants any less space. Well,
0: see, though, you understand then the difference between... The progression, what this book talks about, is I and my guilt and my what have I done wrong and and my questioning myself and my judgment thought, I haven't been doing it right. Mm -hmm. I got to do it right. I've given her her space. She's been in her room. She's been allowed to stay out till nine instead of eight Mm -hmm. or 10 instead of six or whatever. I've been doing that. So evidently, I fucked up. Yeah. So I got to pull those reins in quick and just snap back and everybody was just thrown for a loop, you know. Yeah. it's
1: Because at the same time, I'm still a teenager who's developing and trying to get independence. Which is And your reaction hard. is to, yeah. Yeah, it's already hard.
0: And then you try to discipline in a normal fashion and then you think, oh, I can't do that because she's already been through enough and then you get in trouble for not disciplining and, and it just... It's a crazy cycle, but a recoverable crazy cycle, which is why we talk about the good and yeah. the bad, because you because can get the through Because the bad it. seemed so bad. So bad at the time. Yeah. And you know, it, it's not necessarily drama or wanting anybody to be in on your drama. I just wanted, like I said in the beginning, to take you and your brother and the three of us go away and never see another person again in our lives. That was my initial reaction away from everybody everybody Mm -hmm. um but it, it it you you learn to deal with it and the drama that comes along with it you feel like you're not creating this drama you're not inviting this drama but there are so so many reactions and feelings that feel like it's straight out of a movie right that you would never want anybody to watch right like 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 the words I just said and the fight I just had with my husband feels like it's out of a bad Lifetime movie. Mm -hmm. Where the hell did that come from? Right. You know, the dramatic Scarlett O'Hara falling to the floor. I don't want to get up in the morning. I don't want to. I can't go on. I don't know what to do. But at that moment, you felt that you really did the only way to express it. And that, you know, it's just it's just crazy. But, but recoverable. Mm-hmm. And that is our goal to be here and, and encourage that everything is recoverable. You know, it's a, it's a hot topic this week, but suicide is not the answer. It, it's not the answer. There are people that love you, people that want you here, period. And, and it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem that can be helped. Yeah. You know, that's that's not the answer. Please, please, if you're having those thoughts, reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Reach out to somebody. Somebody will make it stop. I, I promise you, there's somebody that will make it stop. If you can't think of that person, if you look to your left and you look to your right and you can't find that person, email us. <laughs> yeah. Comment. We'll help you. We will help you. It's recoverable, and that's the best. That's the joy of it. I looked up after we talked about the last episode. I think we talked about the clothesline project. Yeah. I looked it up. I went and looked it up, and went and looked at your shirt again at the clothesline project. I want to do the clothesline project here. I want to find a place here for them to come. I'll host it. They yes. do it
1: at universities, so we could do it at the. You know, the college. maybe we
0: do it at the college here, but or see when it's there, I would. I would love. To do something like that. And, you know, where I was thinking, well, we can talk about it another time. There's a local bar that we uh, go to for brunch a lot. Yeah. And I thought they would host that. They would host that, just, just hang it up all around the bar one Sunday afternoon, one weekend. We'll, we'll have to make that work. We can do our YouTube video and the podcast from there that day. <sighs>
1: I don't know about it being at a bar, but yeah, well, like, um, I
0: mean, but it's a restaurant too.
1: Well, it might need, it needs to be spread out in like a gallery.
0: I thank you. Well, you're right. You're right. That's why a lot I of times
1: it is hosted at colleges because mm-hmm. they have like big, big empty multi-purpose and
0: rooms and stuff like that, that people can go in and see them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very impactful, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: They usually set it up like a pathway that you walk through, walk through where
0: you can see them all. And it's just, it, you know, I want to do something like that here or bring it here or organize it here. It would be great. I just want to meet people, you know, I, mm-hmm. and, and, and be the, be yeah, the it, person that they could say to me, what I wanted to say is, Oh my gosh, I, I know I have someone. Yeah, I know how you feel. This journey is so lonely.
1: Yeah, it's so lonely. I feel like nobody
0: talks about mm-hmm. it, and it's it's hard to it's that, hard to talk about. Yeah, you almost feel like if you talked about it, it's like anything. The more you talk about it, it's like it lessens it. Mm-hmm. Like you could talk about it ad nauseum, and um, it's going to be less hurtful every time you talk about it but it's hard to start talking about it and it's hard to hear you know i mean i doubt we'll ever have a whole bunch of listeners because it's hard to hear right you know the guys at work most of them i i've i've heard enough kind of like me to use like okay that's it i understand what's happening let's move on Mm -hmm. because it's hard to hear you know, we had this Me Too movement, and and the and the the rape culture in itself around around the world mm-hmm. was just out of control. Yeah, you know, just something as simple as as the TikTok that I posted one time with the red screen that whole silhouette thing and the person that commented that said oh my gosh I'm so glad for modern technology that I can just remove that filter and see everything I want on these that is rape culture it is and we deal with it every day that is someone that is me saying here is what I am comfortable giving you or showing you and then you feeling you're entitled to it Mm -hmm. Coming back saying, I don't like what you've given me. I want more. So I'm just going to take it. Yeah, And that's, that is a, I mean, it's a prevalent, prevalent feeling and issue around, because it's not just about rape. It's about a rape culture. Right. As long as somebody thinks they can take more than that person offered them, Mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yeah. You you know, and, and so we have to. We have to stand and we have to stay on that. We have to we have to stay firm on that you can't take more than I give you. Yeah. Ground. And, Absolutely. And we have to be here for people that want us to be here. We have to move on. We have to continue with our lives. Yep every day and we do that and so do you and we're so you glad, glad that you do because you're listening to us you've continued on and continuing on is the best win yes you it's the are best win.
1: beautiful you're amazing we're so glad you're here that is we're the so truth. glad you stayed that is the truth you know you know if you're listening to this podcast you probably have not had it very easy yeah you know i'm just happy that you're alive and you're here and you're working through it and every day gets a little easier even though it might not
0: feel that way right and if you're in there check this book out how long does it hurt it won't be forever it won't be forever how long does it hurt it it's uh it moves it's subjective but yeah you, you can look back at this even if you went through it years ago you can look back at this and feel okay that what you did and how you reacted was was fine what you you know because you can you can change you can you can you might have initial reactions you can learn that's what we all do it's what we strive to do learn every day we don't do everything perfect right off the bat Mm -hmm. we just don't so this could definitely help and we are here to help we are here to listen to anyone who wants to share we've said that before surviving on wine and at gmail at gmail.com. Thank you for the emails and thank you for the comments and the likes and listening to us and giving us a shot. We're going to, like I said, we're, we've told the story. We've mm-hmm. told the story. We're going to tell little particulars, you know, in betweens and revelations and things like that in the future. But the story's out, the story's out. And so now, it's it's gonna be a lot about how we are surviving. And that could get into a little more fun. Yeah. That could get into a little more because the more fun we have on here, the more hope someone who might feel hopeless right now has. Right. We're we're having fun because you can smile again. You can smile again. I know it feels like you won't, but you can and you will. And we're here to help. And we appreciate you listening and we appreciate you coming back and this episode will be out before Christmas, but not sure about the next one. So I'll go ahead and say, everybody have a merry, merry Christmas. Yay. Yes. A very merry Christmas and um, enjoy everything and, and you take care of yourself. Everybody take care of yourself and the person to your left and the person to your right. Always. Absolutely. It'll be a great world. So, we're going to sign off for now. Is that yeah. what we're going to yeah. do? Go do some ghost hunting? Yes. Woo. All right, everybody. <laughs> Have a great day. Yes. Have a great Christmas. And we will see you and talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.